Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. All right, this is Juice Robinson, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. You better keep listening. We're at WrestleCon having a blast. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Burial the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Joined by the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be reviewing the Road to Wrestling Dontaku show that happened on the 13th. We'll also be giving our predictions for this Saturday's Sengoku Lords show. And of course, we'll cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Powerslam.tv. Powerslam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 4,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Make sure to check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt, as well as t-shirts from the other shows here on the network. Hari, how you doing, young boy? Man, it sounds like both of us are doing a lot better than last week. <laughs> yeah, dude, my voice is back. Uh, <laughs> you know, the end of last week, I started catching like the mania flu. I had a really nasty cough. Yeah, I love that everybody like has this name for it, the mania flu. Like, this is, like, this epidemic that broke out. Like, uh, I did hear that, like, in New York they were shutting down, like, some of the boroughs because of measles. And I was like, yo, what y'all got? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know our buddy uh, Rich Krejci over at Voices of Wrestling, he's been sick all week. I mean, that's, wasn't... that's your buddy. <laughs> that's your buddy. You're not, you're not friends with, with Captain Krejci? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's missed the flagship. I mean, we're supposed to be getting overrun soon, but he still hasn't been able to do it because he's been sick. Um, I've seen uh, Floyd uh, from our network. He's been sick. Um, I've seen so many people on social media be like, I got the mania flu. And I was like, I didn't. Uh, luck, you know, it's weird. I usually have a pretty compromised like uh, immune system. 
like for the most part, like people get sick, like I'm gonna be the first one to get sick, but. Yeah, I didn't get that flu. I don't know yeah, what's going yeah, on with everybody. I, I usually never get sick, but I don't know what it was like. Towards the end of this week, like, I had a really nasty cough. But, of course, you know, instead of, you know, resting, you know, we went out to the Largo Loop. Well, <laughs> well I got to tell you, Jeremy, uh, we left WrestleMania. I, I've got a, I've got a very strange theory. Think about this, okay? okay. Thursday, I watched wrestling live. Two shows. Friday, I watched Wrestling Live, two shows. Saturday, I watched Wrestling Live, two shows. Sunday, I start feeling kind of hazy. I watch no wrestling. Monday, feel terrible, no wrestling. Tuesday, no no wrestling, feel terrible. Wednesday, feel terrible, no wrestling. <laughs> Thursday, feel terrible, no wrestling. But Friday comes... And I'm out at that Largo Loop, and I felt great. Dude, I felt, dude, the Largo Loop, I felt great. I wasn't coughing at all. We got a nice little main event with uh, Riddle, Velveteen, and Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, that, that was one of the best, like, 10-buck Largo Loop shows I've ever been to. We got to see uh, Jonah Rock was there. Um, freaking ACH was on the card. Yeah, former um, New Japan guys there. Got to see Martin Stone have a, have a nice little match. Um, that tag match with... Uh, Bartel and um, Fabian Eichner against the Mexican dudes. Uh, yeah, Raul Mendoza and uh, Umberto Carrillo. Yeah, Carrillo's the uh, Ultimo Ninja. Former Ultimo Ninja, yeah. Yeah, that match was freaking awesome. And then the main event with the, all those guys you mentioned, that was, yeah, 10 bucks. I got to see a takeover match live. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, and then Saturday we went over to uh, Evolve. Yep, and we and went to the, so So I have this feeling that like my body was going through withdrawals. I think that that must be the case. Yeah, I was going through withdrawals. <laughs> I went to go see some live wrestling action, and I felt totally fine after that. Completely clear-minded. Went to work today. Everything's good. Um, it does suck though because the time I had to take off, where I, like counts against my like vacation time and stuff. Mm. <sighs> Your boy's hurting. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I'm doing a lot better now, and um, I'm ready to get into this show although it's kind of a weird week where it's like we had a show but we kind of didn't and then yeah it's now like you know we got another show coming up but it's kind of like weird yeah it's one of those words in between kind of a light week um yeah um one row two show that happened on saturday i know by the time you guys hear this there were so there was a row two show on sunday and today monday but they were both video on demand so the, the sunday show is up now the show that aired today will be up tomorrow, so we haven't had a chance to watch either of those yet. Another thing, too, is, like, I was thinking today, I was like, dude, I feel like I just recorded an episode, like, the other day. Yeah, because we recorded uh, late last week. You know, that didn't occur to me till like, a couple minutes ago, and then I remembered, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we recorded, like, what, Wednesday night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah and it dropped on uh, Thursday, and I shout out to everybody downloading that episode, uh, doing pretty good numbers on that. We always do good numbers. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Thank you, guys. That's one thing. Sometimes I, I think to myself, I'm like, man, I want to be like more thankful to the listeners and stuff. Like, we we met so many people like at WrestleMania, and like, like I was like, oh, it's so cool to like meet you guys. But like, I want to like tell them like, thank you, but I forget to because I'm a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, this is um, I don't know. Oh yeah, so yeah, we just recorded like the other day, and I kind of forgot like my my week really was like i was in a haze or something i was freaking bro i don't remember i don't remember last week's episode like <laughs> I, I know we i know we reviewed um the g1 supercard yeah 
but like I don't remember it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was having cognitive issues last week, and yeah, it was crazy. I don't even know how I got through that episode. I mean, it was it was a solid episode. I, yeah, I don't remember it. I I literally have no that I don't really have a recollection of that. I don't really have a recollection of uh, Suplex, Suplex Mania. Mania. No, also doing pretty good numbers. Thanks to everybody checking that out. If you notice, there's parts in the show where like I struggle to pronounce like words that normally I would never struggle to pronounce on last week's episode. Like I, I didn't even I didn't even catch that. Yeah, at one point I couldn't say Kaze Ninare. Like, yeah, I remember that, but I couldn't say it. Like I was trying to say it, and I could. Yeah, I was having weird symptoms. Mm. Is I don't know, but uh, yeah, I made a full comeback. I was in the gym today for the you know first time, clanging, clanging, and banging, banging, taking names, kicking <laughs> ass. I saw you were in there. Yeah, saw you in there with a lady friend. Hey, that's just a <laughs> pl- platonic lady friend. <laughs> Nothing, nothing, nothing theory, serious going on there. Jeremy, work the gimmick. <laughs> our our listeners don't know who, who who this mystery lady is. I know, but I don't want the listeners thinking that I, I'm taken in case there happens to be any single lady listeners out there that might in the future have an interest in uh you know dating. You know, I don't want to mislead anybody. That never means anything for me. Well, I'm a, I, I have a little bit different take than you <laughs> on things. So, but uh, no, yeah. So it's been a good day, and um, I'm just glad to be recording the show, man. Yeah. So let's uh, get into business here. So we had. Oh the, wait, before we move on. Yeah. So we're in a group thread with uh, the other members of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, and uh, you want to tell people that were listen that are listening right now what we just heard. The breaking news about the superstar, what is it called? Superstar shakeup? Yeah. So, yeah. So, right now on Monday Night Raw, the superstar shakeup is happening. And, you know, as we get, we, I don't, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't really watch Raw anymore, neither Josh or I. And so, as we're getting ready for the show, our group thread is blowing up with the guys who are watching Raw and what's going on. And all I see is, like, you know, I think it was James Boyd just saying, War Raiders. I guess they came out. But then next thing you know, I so guess... So are they on the main roster now? Yeah, so they're, oh, okay. they're on Raw now. Why are they... They're the NXT champions, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess they'll, they'll drop the belts at the TakeOver in June. Um, but yeah, so apparently they're now, you know, the former IWGP Tag Champions, War Machine, War Raiders. They are now known as the Viking Experience. <laughs> and they are no longer... Yo, they're What is happening? They're no longer Hanson and Roe. They are Ebar and Eric. Okay. I'm going to call you. Your name's going to be Ebar. And you, bud, you're going to be Eric with a K. (laughs) (laughs) Scandinavian. Like, what the heck, bro? Who thought that this was a good idea? I don't know, dude, but... Bro, they're, they're down in their developmental getting over a chant. War! 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 Viking experience, but like oh, you can't chant. What that. are you gonna the, the what What are you gonna say? Like, there's nothing that rolls off your tongue yeah, when you I talk guess, about. I this. guess let's go Vikings. You think this could be one of those things that like ro- like just a week from now they're back to being war raiders? Maybe. Oh my god, that's I, such a bad move. Yeah. Ugh, that makes yeah. me like want to vomit in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm not usually this negative about. Yeah, like I ugh. think. I think for both of us, I mean, we've we've watched War Machine from Ring of Honor. We saw what they did in New Japan. 
um, you know, World and Ta- NXT. NXT, yeah. I mean, War Raiders once. I didn't mind that too much off of War Machine. I mean, I still think War Machine's a better War name. Machine's a better name, but I I got it. Like, okay, they want to, you know, they want to brand it. They, they want to copyright it. it. Fine. So, what's gonna happen? All those people that were buying War Raiders merch down in NXT, they got the whole War Raiders name. So, do you think like Vince was like, the name's War. I don't want that associated <laughs> with us. Yeah, let's come. The Viking experience. Well, what are they going to do? They've already taped NXT for like the next month. So they're going to be... Well, you know, the stuff that goes down down there has nothing to do with what goes on in the main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this it's is, this so is bizarre, bro. Yeah. Well, let's stop talking about this because we're going to be in a bad mood. <laughs> um, let's talk about this Road to Wrestling Dontaku. All right. That happened um, Saturday, April 13th, 2019. So we opened up the show with the hottest Feud in New <laughs> Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe Yo- the, maybe the longest running. Yes, longest running feud with Yota Suji taking on Yuya Umura. I'm Suji, you're Umura. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you are taller than me, so that does kind of actually work out. I know, and I'm I'm starting to grow my hair out long, like I'm Suji. <laughs> yeah, getting ready to go for a run. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. So, uh, uh, what do you think about this matchup, man? I loved it. You know me. I'm the young boy. I love when these young lions get together, especially Suji and Yamura. I've really enjoyed their uh, their feud. Um, I thought this match was good. Three stars. Very solid. It wasn't their best match they've ever had. No. But it was a good match. It was a great way to open up the show. Right. And, um, you know, the most interesting thing going into this match was that they actually gave them five extra minutes. So yeah. instead of this being a 10-minute time limit, it was a 15-minute because, you know, they're always going through the draw right. the 10 minutes. So the wise counsel of the IWGP figured that <laughs> these guys needed five more minutes to uh, there be a winner. Yeah, shit popped me. <laughs> <laughs> and we did get a definitive winner here. Uh, Suji tapped out Umora with the Boston Crab. Yeah. So one thing I liked about this match, I don't know if you noticed, but almost from the get-go, Suji was uh, targeting the legs of Umora. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it seemed like Umora got more of the... Uh, like, like Suji was kind of more on the defensive through most of the match. Mm-hmm. Umora was more offensive. But every single time Suji would like start to come back, he would go for like a single leg or like a double leg takedown and... You know, he was targeting the legs the entire match and putting him in leg holds. And I think that that was his uh, his strategy to weaken him, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the Boston Psychology. Crab. The psychology of the <laughs> match, yeah. And so it was kind of smart because Yumura actually was more in control through most of the match. But Suji was the one who had a game plan and a target. So that, uh, you know, once he finally was able to get the victory, Yumura didn't look bad in defeat because he was pretty much dominating most of the match which is very different from a lot of the matches they've had because in, in most cases it usually seems like it's S- sushi. sushi the one the bigger guy kind of dominating trying to use his power and brute force to overpower Yumura. and Yumura is usually using his cunning and his wrestling acumen to kind of uh and his speed to kind of try to uh nullify that so this was a little bit of a different um you know tale between these two guys but yeah this was a really really good uh young line opener um, what I really liked about it was when he got when Suji got the Boston Crab, 
and it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to hold it. And then Yumura like fought all the way to the ropes. And then he pulled then him all the way to the back middle. In. And he started cranking on it. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And then he tapped, and I, I popped, dude. I was so shocked. I wasn't expecting that. That was some Oka stuff right there. Man. Yeah, it was. And um, so yeah, so after you know, twenty four ties, twenty four draws. Dude. It's it's finally broken. Um, I did think that they were going to save this for like a bigger show, but I guess now is the time to do it. So. Uh, hats off to them. Good job, Suji. Yumura, freaking loser. Yeah, and you know... Another, you know Yumura got beat with, like, canes for the rest of the <laughs> night. Um, and another interesting thing is that, you know, we, even though this did have the extra five minutes, they didn't need it. It went less than ten minutes. Yeah, it went it nine... 9.46? Nine minutes and six seconds. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's very interesting. What a little, like, what a little uh, red herring there. They gave us an extra five minutes, and then they ended before the standard time limit. So, yeah, that kind of threw everybody off, but uh, that that's real interesting. So, yeah, I like this stuff. It's real good. And we have a question here from Reddit user ABLUE3. He says, Ooh, do you, do I think that's a new question. I've, do you do you remember this person? Asking? Yeah, yeah ABLUE3's asked questions before. I got terrible, terrible memory. My apologies, <laughs> ABLUE3. <laughs> uh, he says, do you think any young Lions will be in the best of the Super Juniors, G1, World Tag League, or the Super Junior <laughs> Tag League? I don't think anyone will be in Best of Super Juniors or G1, but I think maybe Suji and Umino in the LA Dojo team, I think. Narita and Yumura in the Super Junior Tag League. Hmm. Don't you love it Like when we get like one of those questions and it's like, what's going to be your prediction for Dominion, the G1, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> like King of Pro Wrestling, and then, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, dude... Narrow it down. But no, yeah, actually, I do like this question because they're trying to figure out will any Young Lions be uh, involved in any of these tournaments? I really don't know. I mean, well, we already kind of know the lineup for Best Super Juniors. Yeah, Best of the Super Juniors, they had that root, that uh, that picture got leaked last week. We went over the, the 19 names that are on that list, and so there's only one more spot, and we're, we're assuming that's going to um, El Fantasmo who will be uh, more likely debuting as Ishimori's mystery partner on this tour. Um, it's going to be Minoru Tanaka. Heat. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't think... So, yeah, I don't think Best of Super Junior is going to happen. Uh, G1? I don't... I mean... I really doubt it. I highly doubt it. If anybody, I would say Umino. maybe... Um, yeah, Umino, based off of him being on the New Japan Cup... But yeah. you gotta imagine, like they put Amino in, that means they're cutting like, you know, everybody that's above him. Like that means no Hanare, that means no Dave Finley, that means probably like no well, Chase. Finley's, o- Finley's hurt. He's well, not. Yeah. Just okay, someone of that caliber, like Chase yeah. Chase Owens. Yeah. Um, you know those those type of guys. Like you have to basically. Like Taichi, like that means Amino is getting in over Taichi most likely, or something like that, or right. Yoshihashi. So I really. Man, probably not. Um, like the only way I could see that maybe happening is if they uh, increased the the block competitors to where they had more competitors and they changed the format possibly. But no, I really doubt it. I can't remember the last time a young line was ever in the G one. Yeah, so yeah, I, I highly doubt that. Uh, World Tag League. I mean, I feel that's possible. Super Junior Tag League's possible too. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't really. Necessarily, I think that um, the I actually think the suggestions that he brought up, like Suji Numino, are great. Uh, you know the guys from the LA Dojo. Yeah, Carl Fredericks. Yeah, and uh, what's the other dude's name? Um, 
Man, uh, I'm blanking on the, guy, on the guy's name, but I mean, they have been getting so much better, and I, f- I feel like they could be in the um, the World Tag League. Yeah, I mean, I saw that that match that I talked about last week uh, at Rev Pro in New York City. Uh, let's see, it was Clark Connors. And yes, Carl Clark Fetter. Connors. Yes, yes. Man, that match blew me away. It was really, really, really good. So I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, bro, I don't know. Last year. We spent the entire year speculating, not to crap on the question, because the question's a good question, but remember last year, all throughout the year, every time something happened with tag teams, we're like, oh, this could have implications. We're going to have golden lovers in the World Tag League. We're going to have the young bucks in the World Tag League. Like, this could have implications (laughs) for the Tag League. And then, like, we we got the Tag League, and granted, the Tag League actually was kind of good, but it still was like, when they released the list, I was like, same old shit. (laughs) Like, it sucked. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, I mean, And I think another thing to kind of keep in mind here for the Young Lions is we have no idea if any of these guys are going to go on excursion, excursion yeah. between now and the time these tournaments happen. I mean, Umino could be sent any minute now. Oh, so. did I said Suji and Umino. I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. Okay, I don't think Suji and Umino would be in the tag league. If anything, I think it would be Suji and Yumura. Right. And I think Suji and Yumura makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as a tag they usually team Suji and Yumura up. It would yeah. pro- it would be Umino and Arita. Probably, but I would be surprised if they're still here come tag league time. Yeah. Um, and they were in the tag league last year, so that that wouldn't really benefit them to do it again. They already did it last year, right? So probably not. But I uh, I think Carl Fredericks and uh, Clark Connors would make sense. So, you know, the, the the young lines really don't participate in too many tournaments. When they do, it's kind. It usually is something that is a, a signal that they're getting ready to go on their excursion. Yeah. Usually, yeah. So that's that's the the one nice thing about it. So. Uh, you know what we do need? We need another Young Lions Cup. Bro, I loved the Young Lions Cup. That was, like, one of my favorite tournaments that they've done in the last, like, two or three years. Like, yeah. I loved it. Dude, we haven't had any um, Lionsgate project shows in a hot minute, man. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, anyway, speaking of Young Lions, uh, the following match had Ren Narita taking on... Do you think maybe it's because the K-Dojo relationship might have taken a hit because of what happened with Taka. Maybe. Cause you know, that's like it seemed like they're kinda of partner with them on those like you know, them and uh who's the other one? Well it's K Dojo and then what's the uh tradition? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Hmm. Uh but yeah, so we had a Ren Narita against uh Toa Hanare here. What do you think about this one? This is fine. Um you know Toa Hanare pretty much going after you know, a much needed win here, <laughs> and uh, he had a he had a really good game opponent. I mean, we can't um, help but you know, sing the praises of Renarita how good he is. Uh, Toa Hanari looked good here. Did you notice he's looking kind of uh, a little bit chubbyish? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's a little fluffy, a little little fluffy here. So, but um, I thought this is fine. It went like what five six minutes? Yeah, six minutes and forty seconds. You know, I thought these guys were both working at kind of a quick pace. Yep. Um, Narita was, you know, not afraid um, to face off with Hanare with uh, striking, went you know head on with him. Well, Hanare's not afraid to strike with pretty much anybody. That's the, the crazy thing. I mean, uh, did I say? I meant I was talking about. I meant oh, Narita. Narita. Yeah, was gotcha. going head on, not afraid to strike with Hanare. Um, I did. I I thought that Narita hit Hanare with a really good clothesline for that near fall towards the end of the match. Which yeah, was, uh, that was nice. Um, you know, these guys. Just they work with a lot of urgency in these young lions matches. Not to say that Hanare is a young lion, but you know, 
just one rung above them. So um, I thought this was good. Yeah, and uh, Hanare finishes him off with the Toa bottom and uh, gets the big win there. Yep, this is exactly what you'd expect here. I liked the first match a little better than this, but it was fine. Yeah. Then next up, we had Yot, uh, excuse me, uh, Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Shota Umino taking on Minoru Suzuki, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. Yeah, it was nice to actually get uh, Suzuki's real theme on a broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, I thought this was another uh, solid match here. The crazy thing, what really, like, shocked me about this was the way that Suzuki Goon, like, just freaking jumped them at the start of the match. Dude, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> that was so unlike them. Was yeah, like, you know, you, normally they start with, like, the code of honor. This and... is a company that knows how to build heat, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, Blood feud. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, Umino had a death wish, dude, in this match. Yeah, just like why? I don't know, man. Like, why would you? Why would you go after Suzuki? Yeah, like I, I get you want to fire up and prove yourself, but like Suzuki's not the guy to do that with. Yeah, and Suzuki had his fun, you know, just pummeling Umino with chops, forearm strikes, and he's just like dragging this kid all over this match. Yeah, um, you know, this is pretty by the numbers uh, Suzuki Gun match. Uh, if nothing, it might have been a little bit above, you know, their standard three-star match. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would have gone like three and a quarter. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good for this show. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I love Nagata and I like Shoto Umino and, you know, Ko- I, I actually really like the idea of Nagata and Kojima, uh, you know, kind of teaming up more now because obviously Tenzan is hurt. We talked about that last week and, um, you know, it kind of feels like, um, why do I forget names? Who's the other... Uh, Nakanishi. Yeah, not, yeah, that Nakanishi is also kind of coming to the end, so we kind of got, like, the two... The superpowers of the dads yeah, coming together. Yeah, all about uh, Blue Cozy. <laughs> Blue Cozy. <laughs> or Cozy Justice. Cozy Justice. I like that name. Cozy Justice. Um, Blue Bread. <laughs> the Blue Bread Club. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't want people to actually think that last week when I... You know, when we were talking about the, um, what what's the, the Crockett Cup tournament, mm-hmm. and I was, like, kind of crapping on it, I don't think that this team being in the Crockett Cup is a bad thing at all. I think it's actually pretty cool. I guess my problem with the, the Crockett Cup was that it's just eight teams. That kind of was shocking to me, because, like, you know, the original, like, I don't think there's ever been a Crockett Cup that had less than 22 teams minimum. Yeah. So that's what kind of threw me off. Plus, like, uh, remember Ring of Honor? held a giant tournament just to see which team could even be in the tournament. Yeah. And who it ended up being what uh PCO and uh well, I think they have like some qualifying cuz I know the Briscoes but the team that won that tournament was PCO. Oh yes, and the um, yeah, I forgot. Yes, right. Ring of Honor had the uh they had like a, a ta- I forgot what they called it, but yeah, PCO and um But think about that, bro. They had like 15 or 16 teams in that tournament. So why are all those teams excluded and just the one in it? In it? Like, it's like the qualifying tournament's going to wind up being better than the, than the Crockett Cup. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, like, this is just a one-day show. It's a one show, and then plus they have, you know, Skrull and all this. They have um, Jazz against um, Allison K. Yeah, they, they had a 32-man tournament at WrestleMania 4. <laughs> that was a one-day show. But um, anyways, let's get back to this match. But yeah, I like I like all these guys in this match. So 
Uh, I thought it was fine. Obviously, they they brawled outside for quite a while, and Suzuki was a little nastier here. He he tends to be that way with the young lions. Yeah, dude, he was just wrecking Umino. Yeah. like I felt bad for that guy, man. Um, and it, you know, it came down to the end. Suzuki got him in the sleeper, got him up for that gotch pile driver, dropped him right on his head. Yep, and got the win for Suzuki Goon. Uh, one thing I do want to say though, Umino showed incredible fighting spirit and incredible heart in this match. He did, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, hats off to him. He, like, every time Umino gets in there, it's just more and more impressive. Uh, Umino was getting killed, but he, uh, you know, he, he was trying, he, he was trying his luck with, uh, with Suzuki, Suzuki in this yeah. match. So that's pretty cool. Um, that brings us to the next match of the night. So we got, uh, the MVPs, the most violent perverts, Togi Makabe, Toro Yano, and Tomoyoki Hanma taking on the Bullet Club team of, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, the Grills of Destiny, and Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. So, are, are they still most violent perverts without Taguchi? Oh, my bad. Yeah, I screwed that up. This would almost be like uh, this is a this is great a, great bash chaos. Great, well, or great batch hmm. great bash Taguchi Japan. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I screwed that up. Huh? <laughs> yep, but basically, it's uh, Makabe and friends. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, this match is to build up two matches to build up the Never Six Man Tag, which is happening, I believe, on the 22nd, and then the uh, tag title match, I believe, is happening on Dantaku. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so kind of building fire for that feud. And, you know, I thought this was okay. I mean... The the deal here, basically, going to this match, Toriyano uh, stole the uh, Girls of Destiny's IWGP titles at the end of the four-way at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, they're kind of being humiliated because they're having to wear the ROH titles that they won, but they're not able to to wear the IWGB titles. So it's kind of like a it's kind of a really funny prank actually. Right. Especially, you know, based on all the uh Twitter videos we've seen on God's thoughts about Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor tag titles. What do you think of all that? Like what do you what are your thoughts like when these guys are like burying the other company, burying the other like titles and all that? Um, so, I mean, clearly this is from a, well, I think, from my opinion, I feel this is a shoot. I don't, you know, I don't think this is a war. I think some of it's a shoot, yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like the initial stuff was a shoot, and I'm, I'm sure as the more videos comes out, it'll turn into a work. But, you know, I think... I always work myself into a shoot. <laughs> no, uh, I always shoot myself into a work. <laughs> you see, the thing is, like... I don't. I understand the frustrations of God not not knowing about end zone cast, feeling their moments been stolen, and having to hold the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles. But at the same time, like your employer has a working relationship with this company, and I don't think it's a good look to be bashing the company that you guys are currently working for. Yeah, I always think it's kind of. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, like I guess here's my thing with it, like. If you're wrestling someone that like is a joke and is super sorry, and then you point out how sorry they are and how they're a joke, and it's brutally true, and there's like a lot of element of truth to it, like you're really actually like you're burying that guy. You right. know what I mean? And then it makes you look bad just for being in the ring with that person, especially if you're booked to lose against that person. It's like right. you just call this person a joke and now he's beating you. Well, as, well, if they beat you it, it actually helps them. But if you're going to beat them, then it's just a burial. So it's kind of weird, like, them 
winning those belts, but then literally telling everybody that nobody cares about the Ring of Honor belts, tweeting that like, or yeah, like on this show that uh, Tangaloa was like, you know, even the great master thief knew not to steal these ROH belts, and them talking about like, you know, nobody cares about the Ring of Honor like tag division. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang, dude, like you guys are like business partners. Like this is pretty savage stuff. So yeah, I'm sure the New Japan offices weren't thrilled about those videos. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about this last week because we didn't know. But like the the word has come out now that during the Enzo and Cass run-in at the G1 Supercard that only a few people within Ring of Honor knew about it and nobody in New, in New Japan knew about it. So, you know, it's supposed to be this moment, like you alluded to, where um, Tamatanga and Tangaloa become double champions and it's supposed to be their moment and then suddenly, like, these ex-WWE guys are there, like, stealing their shine and it's like, oh... And they weren't told about it ahead right, of time. They yeah. weren't wise... They, they didn't wise They weren't up. smartened up, yeah. yeah. They were working the boys and it's like... I get like not wanting trying to keep it close to the vest so it doesn't get leaked, but at the same time, like you're working with this company, like let somebody on their team know, let the guys in the match know that you know. Because what if what if Tama and Tangaloa thought it was a shoot and went out to help the Briscoes beat the crap out of Enzo and Cass for real? Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, I, I don't think I've ever yawned on the air like that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I apologize. That is. Unprofessional, but um, it's probably because we're talking about Enzo. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that whole thing was. Um, I just think it's crazy that they like didn't tell anybody from from New Japan about what's going on. That that seems like such a, a kind of a big miscommunication on a yeah. on a major show like that. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of what's been going on. So, oh, one thing though, I think that is interesting, is that. This whole thing with the Briscoes and Tamatonga has, like, okay, think about this, though. Coming out of the Honor Rising shows, we could literally care less about these two teams facing one another. And that was the, the match we thought we were getting. Yeah. I kind of want to see the match now. Dude, yes. This has sparked, like, the hottest tag feud going right Cause, now. Because they're cutting promos on each other. So they're and back they're, and forth, and they're yep. fire. And I don't know if the this heat, like, that's being generated actually happens without... The run-in from Enzo and Cass. Enzo and Cass. So there is something to be said for that, you know, mm-hmm. just being completely objective. So very interesting stuff there. But it is interesting. You're like, are they just trying to build up a division? Or is there a particular feud that they're aiming for? Is it G.O.D. and the Briscoes? Or is it Enzo and Enzo and Cass and these guys, you got to almost imagine that. And probably what they're going to end up doing, if you want my opinion, they're probably going to have a double title match, and Enzo and Cass are probably going to get involved and like screw screw it up for everybody. Yeah, and then build heat off that. That's probably what they're going to wind up doing. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So let's talk about this uh this incredible six man tag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I mean this match was fine. I mean the it best fine. the best person in this match was uh, Taiji Ishimori. Just how lightning quick he is in that in the ring. Excuse me, sir. Yano was in this match. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing really like nothing. It was re- it was pretty by the numbers. Yeah. It was really standard match. Yano was doing comedy stuff. Girls of Destiny were doing their shtick. Uh, obviously, Tama's hilarious in there. Um, yeah. Then eventually it broke down. Master Heater. Yeah. Kendo came, stick came out to the end. Um, yeah, Hama gets hit with the kendo stick, and then um, 
Tangaloa gets him up for the ape shit. Were you worried about uh, Hanma taking that inverted uh, Dude, sitting pile driver? Yes. I'm worried. Anytime Hanma's doing anything where he's landing on his head, taking a DDT, anything like a Saido or something like that, even in this uh, you know, Rikishi driver here, yeah, it's it's very terrifying to seeing. But I mean, I know like the way that Tangaloa does it, it's pretty safe, and he protects. Yeah, he, he protects. He guys. protects the guys. They're pretty they, like they don't even come close to the mat. So yeah. Um, one thing though is, as the match ended, Yano made an exit with the IWGP Tag Titles after the match. Yet again, so. yeah. In earlier in the match, um, Tamla had grabbed the belts and like he grabbed all the belts. Yeah, he's like, these are our belts, and like I saw a hilarious uh, uh, tweet that he put out. Maybe it was just a snap or uh, not Snapchat. Yeah, I don't snap. Damn it. Uh, no, uh, I think it was on Instagram, and he was like, I'm the champ, 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 champ. Yeah, with all the belts, yeah. <laughs> he had like six belts. Uh, but yeah, eventually, like you mentioned, yeah, after the match, um, Yano got out there, quickly stole the belts again. Tama went running after him. Yep. So yeah, so the hunt is still on for Geely to try and get the, the belts that they actually own back from Yano. And uh, that's going to bring us to... Oh, before we uh, move on, we had a question here oh. from our man, Rambone Slam Pig. Okay. He said, what are the odds we see G.O.D. head to an ROH show to defend those belts? That's been confirmed already, right? For the War of the Worlds tour? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I was going to cover this in the news, but we can mention it right now since um, Rambo's asked about it. Um, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, they won a tag team Ironman match this past Sunday, and they will challenge G.O.D. for those tag titles at War of the Worlds in Buffalo, New York on Wednesday, May 8th. Yeah, I heard good things about that that uh, that Iron Man tag match from yeah uh, Masters of the Craft Masters a, of the Craft uh, yep thirty minute Iron Man against uh, Life's Bloods uh, Mark Haskins and Hot Sauce uh, Tracy Williams yo people be sleeping on Tracy Williams man they do man dude I love Hot Sauce yep uh, and I like Tracy Williams too Hot Sauce is Tracy Williams you see what I did there because I like Hot Sauce and Hot Sauce is his nickname. Gotcha. I, make, I, I see what you're doing. I there. was making it funny. You gotcha. Know what I'm I, that one went over my head because <laughs> it was because it was smart and nuanced. It was, yeah. <laughs> psychology. Psychology. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was po- the podcast psychology? No, what was the thing with uh, Kenny when he when they were on? Oh, he had the uh, the book, the psychology, the psychology book. book. Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, cheating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, ne- up next we had... Uh, oh, but uh, to answer your question, Rambo and Slam Pig, the odds that we see G.O.D. head to ROH show to defend those belts, 100%. <laughs> I'll bet money on it. I will, I'll will stake my life on it. <laughs> uh, so up next we had Hiroki Goto, Juice Robinson, Mikey Nichols, and Risuke Taguchi against the Bullet Club team of Switchblade, Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, The Crown Jewel, Chase Owens, and Hikaleo. And man, did Jay White look depressed and sad without that IWGP title? He looks a little lighter since the Garden, man. Yeah, something something's different about him. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, he just yeah didn't just didn't seem right. He wasn't he was not in a good mood. I mean, that's definitely a talking point. But let's talk about the real talking point here. The the highlight of this match. We started off with Owens and Mikey Nichols, and my God, what an open just heat. Crowd was into it. I was into it. I know Jeremy was. This was freaking good. Dude. <laughs> let me tell you. I was so just disappointed to see Nichols back on the floor. 
I was like, you know what? Maybe they just brought him in for the New Japan Cup. We won't have to worry about him again. But nah, dude. nah. Bro, let's just be very clear here. Kenny Omega is not part of New Japan, but Mikey Nichols is. And you need to make peace with this. Dude. You know, we saw we saw We saw Shane Thorne this Yeah, we saw week. Shane Thorne wrestle twice this weekend. Did we? Yes, at uh Largo Loop and Evolve. I don't remember him wrestling at the Largo Loop. Who do you wrestle? Um uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. I don't remember it at all. It was like, dude, Shane Thorne's so much better than freaking Mikey Nichols. I'm just like, yeah. So, anyways, um <laughs> Yep, yeah, so we this match was fine too, you know, um, two and three quarters, uh, lots of shenanigans, lots of good action. Um, I thought Juice looked good here. Yeah, Juice looked really good. You know, this whole match was building up some uh, matchups coming in the tour. You know, the Goto yeah. Jay White one on one. Goto looked good. Yeah, the uh, the Mikey Nichols um, Chase Owens one on one match, the Juice title match against Fale. I liked uh, when uh, Goto hit the Ushiguroshi on Jay White. That was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And and he hit us. Uh, he followed up with a side to suplex for near fall. Um, yeah, I mean this was a, this was a fine match. Juice was you know doing his thing. Yeah, it came down to Juice and Hikaleo. He hit him with that big left hand of God. Pulp friction one two three, and uh, their team wins. Uh, the Chaos uh, Sucky Gun team gets the win there. Yep, I mean just like Jeremy said, this was essentially a match to set up uh, some of the future matches on the tour. Um, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it or anything like that, but, you know, it was, it was fine. This was, um, in terms of a show, I wouldn't say bad. Nothing was great, but it was just easy watching, you yeah, know? Yeah. And we had a question here from Reddit user uh, Dino Boy. He says, what do you think Goto's uh, 2019 looks like? He was always a standout to me, and I don't believe he had his, his nothing never title reigns did him any favors. Interesting question. What does Goto's 2019 look like? Um, I think it's interesting what he followed up with. He says, he was always a standout to me, but then I don't believe his his nothing never tile reign did him any favors. Huh. Um, Did he have a nothing never tile reign? I mean, the one he just had in December where he got the belt from. I kind of count both of his... Both of them as just one year long reign, nearly. Mm. You know what I mean? Even yeah. The, like he, it was interrupted for like what a month. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of just can, and he was like the next challenger, so I kind of just consider that lump that all into one. Yeah, and I mean, if we're being honest, like yeah, it's it didn't do him. I don't know if I wouldn't go as far as to say it didn't do him any favors, um, because I mean, if you think about it, he had a really good match with Juice Robinson. He had a really good match with uh, Bushi. When did he wrestle Bushi? For that's when Bushi beat him for the Never Title. Bushi, yeah. or excuse me, Osprey. Wait, no, wait. Osprey didn't beat him either. Taichi did. We're talking so, about Goto. Yeah, wait. So Bushi lifted it off of. I thought Bushi Bushi beat Goto in December. Oh, you're right. No. Oh, you're right. He yes. did. He did. He did. Remember I'm sorry. the whole storyline? Goto kept calling out Bushi. My bad. You're right. It just, you know what, I was thinking linear, and so it, it threw me off when when I jumped from, like, his first title defense of the year to, to like, his last title defense yeah. of the year. But um, he lifted the belt off of Suzuki. He defended against, uh, like I was saying, uh, Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, he had a really good match with um, Ibushi. He had a great match with Michael Elgin, the triple threat match. They had Elgin and Tai Chi. King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. 
Um, he had a pretty good match. No, those those Tai Chi matches did suck. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say it was a solid title run. I mean, it's the Never Division. You know what I mean? Like the the deal here to me is like obviously at this point, Goto is not a main event level guy. He was always an upper mid level. I do think for the time being, I don't know if it's forever, but for the time being, he has kind of taken a backseat. Yeah, he's pretty much uh, stagnant for the most part. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's kind of slotted in one position, and but has, I think I think that position's even diminished at this point. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, he hasn't really been in any title feuds at all this year. I mean, he was on the pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, so obviously, right now we're in April, going into May, we're getting the first major kind of deal for him, and he's going to be going up against Jay White. Um, we'll talk about that here in a bit, but you got to imagine that. You know, with Jay White coming off of a title run, I don't see Goto, you know, necessarily getting the upper hand there. So, what do I see after that? You know, going into the rest of the year, honestly, I don't see anything for Goto. Yeah, I mean, I I can't picture him having a big match at Dominion. I I, uh, I think he'll I think he'll go into the G One and have a lot of killer matches. Maybe potentially set up for a future title shot against like the U.S. belt or the Never title again. Yeah, but that's I see him in that mid card status now. I I don't even see him as an upper mid card guy anymore. No, yeah. So yep, uh, and and that's not a knock on him or anything like that. Uh, you know he he was a standout for years and years, but he's getting older. He's been in the company for a while. Uh, if they're not going to put the IWGP title or the IC belt on him again, it kind of does remind me of where like Kushida was before he left the company. Yeah, in many ways. So, uh, question from Reddit user Chuck Kidman. He says, "What do you see next for uh, Jay White going into the summer?" I see Jay White rebuilding. Yeah, I expect Jay to have a big match, either the main event or semi-main of Dominion. And then I think Jay is going to have a great uh, G1 Climax this um, summer. Yep, I think, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think he's going to have a big match going into Dominion. I don't know, who who could you see him going going up against in, in, at Dominion? I mean, I could possibly see him getting a rematch with Okada for the IWGP title in the main event. <sighs> that soon? I mean, I mean, it's not impossible. That's that. That's. I mean, it's Dominion's in June. We're in April right now. That's still two months away. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I see for Dominion. I haven't really given too much thought about it. Uh, that's a possibility. Um, they, they, yeah, maybe that's why he's going up against Goto again. Yeah, because Goto's kind of like the the uh, you know the underling to. One of the you know one of the right hand men to Okada, that's a possibility. Um, but if he loses to him, then you kind of know he's not winning the G one. And I actually think he's got a pretty decent shot at winning it or being in the finals. Um, we'll talk more about the G one here in a bit. But yeah, I mean, I either way, I see him having a big match at all the rest of the pay per views. Yeah, dude, Jay's a top star. He's he's. I wouldn't be surprised if Jay White, like, has a IC title challenge or run in him in the near future as well. Sometime this calendar year, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. I, I mean, I see great things for Jay. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that are in constantly in main or semi mains throughout the year. Speaking of which, so you went back and you watched those matches. Uh, you went back and you watched 
Naito and Ibushi and the main event, because uh, I don't think we talked about that. No. Um, Okada and Jay White, what were your thoughts on those two matches after we had our discussion last uh, week? So, yeah, so I, watched, I went back. I was able to finish off uh, watching the G1 Supercard um, production on TV. Uh, Ibushi Naito, I still thought it was an awesome match. I wasn't really down on, down on a huge lot. I did go down on it a, a quarter star, so... Ooh. From from the live viewing, I gave it a four point seven five. On the rewatch, I gave it four and a half. Um, and then rewatching Okada and Jay White, I went up a quarter star on that one. Um, live, I gave it four and a half, but the rewatch, I gave it four point seven five. Oh wow! So you ended up agreeing with my opinion on it. Well, you seem to be really low, though, on the Naito-Ibushi match. You were like four and a quarter, four. I'm not that low. Not that low. Four and a quarter, which I think is fair. I think that's that's still a great match. Yeah. I, I'm not as high as four and a half. Although, I guess if I rewatch it, you could probably convince me of that. But um, what I mean by my opinion is that Okada and Jay White was the superior match in the match of the night. Yeah, it and was. that's not a popular opinion. It's not. Yeah, I think like the users on like Cage Match and Grapple still have the other match rated higher. Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So um, yeah, I just want to figure out because we hadn't talked about that. Yeah. Um, another Jay White question: Do you think we will get a resolution in this calendar year to the Jay's Mole and Chaos story? If so, do you have any idea who it may be? Um, <laughs> we talk about this a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, again, I we've talked about this almost every week. It feels like uh, I don't know who's gonna who. I don't know if we're gonna ever get a resolution. Uh, this could be one of those things where tomorrow we could get a resolution, or, or we can never, or per- never, personally, or, or like two years from now they could just pull it out of their ass and right. be like, oh, "This is who it was all along." I mean, personally, I feel it was one of those things where. Guys in the post-match promos have, you know, kind of a leniency to kind of say what they want. And that was just Jay being a cocky heel, just like, trying to rattle chaos. I've got a mole in chaos. Yeah, just just <laughs> saying things. And so, and then people, like, we latch on to everything because we're like, oh, he's saying it. it must, it's, a, it's a breadcrumb. Yeah, it must lead to some kind of story development. But in, in all fairness, though, that's not a bad thing because we do typically get payoffs to mm-hmm. things. But every now and again, in New Japan, there are just trails that don't lead anywhere. Right, that's yeah. fine. We've too. seen several times where promos of guys like we've. How many times have Kushida been like, "I'm going heavyweight," or "I want to challenge for the Never Title," "I want to be in the G," "I want to do this," and like Kushida never did any of that stuff. Or like times when people are like, "I you know I'm going to challenge so and so," and like it never happened. What was the whole What was the whole thing with Chucky e. T going crazy? What was that? Yeah, that was so they could get out of their contracts, go to AEW, <laughs> not AEW, AEW. You know why? Because they're in the South, brother. Yeah. AEW, AEW. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which, are we getting tickets for that show? Yeah, bro. I don't know if I can swing it. We'll see. <laughs> but anyways, so do, any more uh, Jay White questions? Uh, no more Jay White questions, but we do have a question about Mikey Nichols uh, from our boy Muzza. He said, first of all, hope you guys have had a good day. And he says, if Mikey Nichols has a singles match against Matt Taven, who does Jeremy support? Muzza, that is a uh, very difficult question because, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Mikey Nichols, nor am I a fan of Matt Taven. 
However, uh, gun to my head, if I had to support one of these gentlemen in a one-on-one -on -one competition, I would support Matt Taven. Uh, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not the biggest Taven fan, but I think there, there's something there, and I see the support that he has um, in with the diehard Ring of Honor fans. Um, so I, I would go with Taven over Mikey Nichols. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Taven fan, but uh, obviously, like, I think that he's got charisma, and I, I liked him from his kingdom days, the real kingdom. Yes, um, with um, uh, Mike Bennett and Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Also, speaking of which, be sure to check out Muzza's uh, wrestling blog, WrestleWorld.uk, where, you know, yes, uh, I think it was yesterday I was looking at, like, best wrestling matches of the month. And then, like, I was on this website, and I was like, I, I don't know this website. And then I, like, got to the bottom, and it, it was Muzza. And I was like, this fool's got a blog and everything? Like, Yeah, actually, you know, Spilling the Beans are actually in talks with Muzza right now, potentially being a contributor to uh, socialsuplex.com. Now we're going to have to put the kibosh on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, check out, his, uh, check out his stuff. He's got some good stuff up there. Uh, so, next matchup here, we had... Uh, Another multi-man match. We had uh, Golden Star, Kota Ibushi, Yoshihashi, and Jushin Thunder Liger against the team of Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Taka Michinohu. Yep, so this is Ibushi's first outing since winning the IC title at the Garden. And uh, with all the combos that we have here, this is like a pretty fun match. You know, just some of, some of the better guys in Suzuki-Goon, Liger, uh, Kota Ibushi, and then we had that Bumski, Yoshihashi, just stinking up the joint. Nah, but... No, uh, no Yoshiashi, he was fine this match. Nah, I'm just playing. Yeah, this match was fine, actually. Yeah. A, a, a lot of, like I said, a lot of uh, good combinations between guys here. Um, I thought this was fine. Yeah, you know, you had a, a Suzuki Goon, a lot of quick tags, um, kind of working over Liger. You know, at one point, Taichi tried to unmask Liger. Uh, yeah, a lot of good back and forth there. Um, then it came down to the end where... Um, Ibushi takes out Sabre. Um, then we get a, a Lariat, and um, Yoshihashi uh, pins, ends up pinning Taka. Yeah. What I liked about this was the ending sequence was all started off with Taichi taking his pants off. <laughs> yeah. Like, Taichi takes his pants off, Liger comes in, Shotes, everyone gets their moves in, and we get the, you know, the the Western Lariat, uh, what's he call it, Kumagoroshi? Yeah. Yep, and beats Taka. So, a decent little match. Uh, you know, nothing crazy, but... Uh, Post-match, yeah. Yep. Saber lays out Ibushi, hits him with the Zack driver. Yep. And so, afterwards, uh, Zack, looking like a dick, puts on the IWGP IC title, and he's also carrying that Rev Pro British Undisputed Championship. And we see uh, Zack Saber's second form, Zacky Two Belts. Yeah. Which, uh, if he wins this belt, then he can ascend to his final form, the... Legendary, often lauded <laughs> Zacky three belts. Yeah, which we haven't seen since his days on the independent scene. Yeah, uh, pretty soon he'll be looking like um, Dragon Lee. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Lee. Yeah, there was a uh, someone shared a picture of him. He was in Arena Mexico the other day. He had what six belts? Yeah. Where? Where's he got all these belts from? Well, we know one of them's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. I know he has that, but I didn't know he like had any other belts. But this this man's trying to be the modern yeah, uh, Ultimo. Ultimo. Yeah. 
Jeez. But, uh, hey, I got to tell you, though, I, I don't know if I think Zack Sabre's going to win the IC belt, but that IC belt next to that Red Pro belt, they look kind of pretty, yeah, pretty good, together. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's going to uh, – so that kind of sets up the feud between Zack and uh, Ibushi for later on in the tour. And then um, the main event, we had LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Sonata, Bushi, Shingo Takagi taking on the uh, team of Kazushika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Rocky Romero, and Rapongi 3K, 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 the team of Chaos, 10-man tag. And uh, yeah, uh, we see the champion, the Rainmaker, Kazushika Okada come out with the new IWGP championship. And uh, yes, yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, um, Lij and Chaos multi-man matches are always uh, very, very good, great matches, and this was no different. This was a very solid match. This was the best match of uh, this night. Yep. I mean, if you only had time to watch one, this is what I recommend. Yeah, I would recommend watching this match, and of course, we're setting up um, some matches in the tour: Okada and Sonata for the IWGP title. We got Ishii and Evil having a one-on-one match. Um, Bushi and Shingo challenging Sho and Yo later on in the tour. Um, so, yeah, setting up all those Chaos vs. LIJ matches for this Dontaku tour. You want to hear something weird? What? I was telling you this off the air, but I, I want to get your take. Maybe the listeners can kind of, like, weigh in. So, you know, I'm on Instagram, and you know how sometimes you're on Instagram and you, when, you can go to the search and you, they'll just, like, suggest things that are – things that you might like based on like other things that you've liked. Yeah. So I I came across this video and it's this little Asian girl. She's probably like four or five and she's like playing on the bed with her dad and she runs up and freaking Destinos (laughs) the crap out of this fool. He gets laid out. She like, he's laid out. She goes to cover him and she does the freaking like Tetsuya Naito. She like lays back, leans on him. Then she throws her fist in the air, opens up her eyelid, and then another. Then like I guess her little sister comes in, counts like one, two, three, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I love this, so I like the post. But it, it, it's a Japanese like account, right? Right. Suddenly, for the re- I don't know how these algorithms work. The rest of the day, they're just like showing me all this crap from this like little girl's page. We have no mutual friends. She lives in Japan. But they're all so adorable. But here's the thing. This is not a popular page. She's got like 200 followers. So it's not like something where it's like like you can follow it because there's like thousands of people. There's like a million yeah, no. blue check. No, you're, yeah. you're that weird dude from Tampa, Florida who followed like a five-year-old girl's like post. That's, that, that's, that's a no-go, no son. Yeah. But her page is awesome. All it is is her doing LIJ crap like – putting on evil, like, mask stuff. At one point, she was cutting a promo. She sounded just like Tetsuya Naito. I could tell, like, that... I could tell who she was being without even understanding the language. And then at the end, she was like, Bushi! (laughs) Sonata! Evil! uh, Hiromu! She's like, Takagi! And then she was like, um, Naito! And then she, like... I guess her name's Ishida. She's like, Ishida! <laughs> and I was like, this is the best content on Instagram that I've seen in years. Do you years. have her, her username? No, I, I didn't save it. But Dang. We could have put her over. 
Oh yeah, but you know what? Yeah, I probably should have because her her but no, because we can't because she's a minor and that's super weird. We can't be like go give her a follow. Yeah. Like most of our like listeners are probably like you know adult males. Like this is it, it gets into creepy territory, but yeah. her page is awesome. So I feel very conflicted because I don't want to be like a creeper, but her page is freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking if we put her over maybe we can Get it blown up to the point where it's not creepy for <laughs> for people to follow her. I, I think I think just out out of principle it's creepy, but yeah, yeah, like no, it's I just thought like man, when I have a daughter one day, I do have a heart. I'm gonna have a daughter one day. Oh. <laughs> but like yeah, I definitely want my daughter to like freaking give destinos to people. I want my daughter to uh, v trigger people. I'm gonna v trigger my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hard. Oh my God, I'm gonna v trigger the crap out of them, bro. Oh my god! They so, gotta learn. <laughs> so uh, back to this matchup. Like I said, a very good matchup here. Um, broke down to the end with um, Naito and our good friend Rocky Romero. Okay. Naito uh, cuts off the sliced bread attempt and hits a Destino on Romero, puts him away, and Lij gets the win here. Yep. Uh, like we said, really, really good match. Um, I probably would, would have gone like three and a half on this. Yeah. Great main event. I love when Chaos and Lij lock it up, and this was just really good. They had, a, yeah, it's great match. The one thing I found um, kind of weird about this match was the fact that like nobody that was in a big match like got uh, pinned, got a win. Oh. So, you know, Naito doesn't have any really big matches coming up on this tour. I was thinking, you know, maybe you give Sonata the win since he's challenging Okada. Maybe you give Evil. Well, this is kind of like a low-level Road 2 show. I mean, yeah, th- this show w- was over in a little over two hours, which was kind of nice with how much wrestling we've had. Like, this was an easy watch. We breezed right through it. Um, opening night of Dantaku Tours, easy, you know, there wasn't any need for any of the big stars to pick up big wins. They were, you know, it wasn't like they were at Corkin or anything, you know? Right. So that that would be my answer to that. But, yeah, this is a solid show. Um, I'm excited for the rest of the tour. I'm wondering what we're going to get on tape. Yeah, so um, speaking of the rest of the tour, the first big show that we have coming up is this Saturday, April 20th, Sengoku Lord in Nagoya. So we're going to go over that card, give our uh, predictions. So the first match of the night, we're going to have the team of Ren Narita and Shota Umino taking on Yuya Yamura and Yota Tsuji. Ooh, that's going to be good. With a 20-minute uh, time limit. Oh, yeah, bro. That's going to be good. Obviously, we know Narita and Umino are going to pick up the win there. But, uh, yeah, man, that's like the, the, the two best young lines of, you know, the, the generation that's about to get you know, go on excursion against like the the new generation of young lions. That's going to be a really good match. I'm excited yeah. for that. I mean, that could low key steal the show. That could. That I mean, could. I mean, obviously there's other big matches, but I mean, yeah, that's a cool. This match. This could be like a sleeper match. That is a sleeper match. Like, yeah. I'm I'm like, man, I'm I'm freaking excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. So the next match of the night, we've got uh, Suzuki Goon, the team of Taka Michinoku, El Desperado, Yoshinabu Kanemaru, Taichi, and Minoru Suzuki, taking on the team of Seki Goon, Jushin Thunder Liger, Toa Hanare, Tomooki Hanma, 
Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima. And uh, this is a pretty good lineup too, man. Yeah, so I, I'm seeing uh, Suzuki uh, hitting a gotch on Toa Hanare. Yep, that makes the most sense to me. Or or Hanma. Yeah, because, uh, you know, well, you know, I expect the Suzuki Gun team needs some momentum, especially uh, Desperado and Kanemaru going into their uh, junior tag title match. Yep, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I got to agree. But I think that uh, we've got. You know, I like this lineup of guys from Seki Gun, and I like yeah. this lineup of guys from uh, uh, Suzuki. from Suzuki Gun. So that should be pretty good. Um, the third match of the night, we have Tamatonga, Tengaloa, Taiji Ishimori taking on the team of uh, the most violent players, Toriyano and Togi Makabe, and Dragon Lee. So yeah, I mean, this one's kind of hard to predict. I mean, I I don't feel like there's no one guy really stands out to me as a pin eater on either team. Yeah, that is that's that's true. Well, probably Tangaloa, but uh, this match is to kind of establish the uh, title feuds that we have going forward. So Taiji Shimori will later on the uh, tour be challenging Dragon Lee for his IWGP Junior Title, and then Toriyano and Togi Makabe are challenging for the IWGP Heavyweight Championships. So, um, yeah, if you want my opinion, I mean, Yano could take the pinfall. Tangaloa could take the pinfall. Um, I'm gonna go with the Sekigun team winning here. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Yano getting a quick roll Yano's up get a quick on Tangaloa. That's my prediction. Yeah. Uh, fourth match of the night, and this one's gonna be a barn burner. Oh my god! We have Mikey Nichols taking on the insurmountable, the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, Chase Owens. Bang bang! And we know exactly what's gonna happen here. Chase gonna put him up. He's going to drop him on his head. One, two, three. Crown Jewel rides off. Gets the big payday. You know, that's what I want to happen, but unfortunately... Mikey I, Nichols probably going to win. I, yeah, Mikey. I see hitting the uh, the Mikey bomb and putting Chase away. Yeah, he hasn't... This is his second singles match in the company? Yeah. No, wait. Is this the second? I don't think he's had another singles match. Because in, in New Japan Cup, did he lose in the first round? Or did he have two matches? Oh, you're right. He wrestled Hikaleo. Yeah, he had two matches in the New Japan Cup. Let's deal with Mikey Nichols. Is he like the new Bull Club Hunter? I guess, I guess so. Okay, so, yeah, I, I got to imagine Mikey Nichols just being a new guy and not, not really established. He's probably going to pick up the win here against Chase Owens, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, up next, fifth match of the night, we got <laughs> uh, Risuke Taguchi and Hiroki Goto. Picking on the team of Hikaleo and Jay White. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to imagine that... Uh, I'm going to go... Wow, I'm going with a lot of good guys on this tour. That's kind of strange, but I'm going to take Goto and Taguchi. Um, Although Jay White yeah. could pick up the win here. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go Jay White. Jay White's going to hit the uh, switchblade or the... Uh, what's his move called? The Blade Runner. God. The Blade Runner on uh, Taguchi. Why do I always do that? Mix up the switch. Sling Blade, the Switch Blade, and the Blade Runner. I always mix them up. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Goto hitting GTR on Hikaleo. All right, cool. Yep. I mean, just in my opinion, I've got Mikey Nichols going over. I've got Sekigun going over in the third match of the night. And, yeah, so, I mean, it just seems like... Need, need some heel wins. Yeah, we need to balance it out a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jay White. Plus, he... They lost that first night of the tour, so I'm, you know, we'll yeah. see. I guess my thinking though was, 
They probably need to heat up Goto because he's probably going to lose to Jay White later on the tour, so they need to do something to heat him up a bit, so yeah. maybe give him another win. But uh, I'm sure he's probably picking up wins on this tour, so I'll, I'll, I'll take Jay. So next match we have a uh, 10-man tag with Chaos against LIJ. This time it's going to be Sho, Yo, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchika Okada against Shingo, Bushi, Naito, Evil, and Sonata. Yeah, uh, rinse, wash, and repeat. This should be pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll take Lij. I guess doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Lij too. Since Chaos won the um, on that Road Two show. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go with. Uh, I thought Naito won. Oh, that's right. Yes, right. Naito pinned Romero. Rocky, Rocky Romero. Hmm. I mean, dude, it's yeah. really a toss-up. It's well, 50-50. Actually, I'm still going with LIJ because they got Yoshihashi on the other team. Right, exactly. Uh, also, I mean, you know, I don't know. The Shingo and Bushi and Sho and are there, so, I mean, you just never know. Um, I, I I see Shingo hitting somebody with a uh, pumping bomber. One, two, three. So. Yeah, uh, we got some questions here um, from ablu 3 He says... Will Sho and Shingo face each other in the Best of the Super Juniors? If so, who will win? Yes, they will face each other in the Best of the Super Juniors, and Shingo is going to beat Sho. Yeah, I mean, if I were them, that should I would put that as like one of the like first night main event, maybe. Now, I think that he could potentially beat Shingo if it was later in the tournament. Yeah. Oh, what if he upsets Shingo? He could. He could. Yeah, he could because Shingo probably needs to take some sort of loss during the tournament. That's the one guy you could probably do it with, given their long history. But I'm still gonna, I'm not betting against my dog until proved otherwise. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Shingo also. I mean, Shingo, I, I would do that as like the main event of like night one. That would be good though. Or night two, whatever, whatever block. Bro, they're whatever. In. I'm I'm down for it whenever they're ready. So yeah. yeah. Uh, question here from Reddit user Black Stag Goldfield. He says uh, Sonata or Naito. Your pick to win the G129 Climax. Or do you see a third contender to win that tournament? <laughs> what? So he's asking us if we think Sonata or Naito. So, so Sonata, so I don't think Sonata is winning the G1. I don't think so either. Uh, right now, Naito's my prediction. Yeah, Naito is uh, one of the favorites for me. Uh, winning the, J1, the G1 Climax. I also think Jay White. Um, it's another strong favorite for me who could possibly win the tournament. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, good question. Uh, so that brings us now to our next matchup. And it is a title defense. So we have the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Champion, Juice Fucks Robinson, <laughs> <laughs> defending the uh, U.S. title against Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, so they set this matchup after um, Jesus' last title defense against Chase Owens. They had the whole thing where Fale came in and jumped him. Uh, so they're paying that off this title match here. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with our boy Juice. I'm going to go with Juice getting a, the win here. Um, I don't even know. Um, no, I'm going to pick Bad Luck Fale. Mm. Um. And, you know, speaking of this U.S. title, we had a question here from Reddit user Zack Saber Time. He says, how would you guys get the U.S. title some steam? The title scene seems stale. 
Uh, personally, I wouldn't have Jesus go with the Bullet Club guys and instead go against guys like Goto. I mean, I, I mean, sure, Seki Gun and Chaos are friends now, but competitions should still exist. When he's on TV in Ring of Honor, does he wear that belt or even highlight it at all? Um, I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. Because I know a lot of the times New Japan doesn't let their guys travel with the belts because they like, they like to hold on to them. But why are you sending this guy? Why is this guy going to the U.S. working with your U.S. partner and not wearing the U.S. belt? That seems counterproductive and stupid. Yeah. I mean, the way I would heat it up is, you know, you put the belt on Juice and then he beats everybody. That's how you do it. That's what I would do. Like, the reason that this belt's not hot is because Juice got freaking jobbed by everyone in the G1. Yeah. And then he got beat by Cody and then he won it in a. Not you know, well, whatever match. Like the way you heat it up is you put on great matches and you you put the guy over. Exactly. Um. You know he needs to be having a solid defenses night every defense. I mean, you know after Fale, like like um Zack Saber time was saying here. I think Goto is a great option for him to go against. There's a history. Well, they got history. Yeah, the history there of you know Juice struggling to beat him. Just think about this. Like Juice has had little to no heat for almost any of his title defenses or title matches, including the Cody feud. Yeah. Like, remember how those f- matches were like, they just kind of were happening and there was nothing really highlighting them? Right. I mean, the, his hottest U.S. title match was the match against Jay where he won where the he belt. Where he won the belt. But think about this. Like, you know, then you've got programs like Ishii Nagata where they're like fighting after the matches and you know, attacking each other during their backstage promos, there was, like, more anticipation heat for, like, a secondary storyline like that than there is for Juice's title defenses. And it's not really Juice's fault. Um, I would feature the title prominently. I would do stuff with it in Ring of Honor. I would have him, like, defend it over there. That was the whole point of them, you know, uh, having the title in the first place. And I would not have him go into the G1 and get a losing record. Right. Whatever you got to do, like... If you don't want him to lose, don't put him in the B block with all the killers. Right, like, you know, put him in the block with guys like Yano or Yoshihashi, you know, guys that you, you don't, you're not going to mind him going over on. Yeah, like, ha- what, let him have a strong winning record. That's how you get the yeah, title but Yeah, I know future defenses, I think um, him beating Goto, him beating Ishii. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have him fight Bad Luck Fale, that's, what it, that's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Juice probably will win here, but I'm just going to pick Bad Luck Fale and just do the, the random crapshoot you know, choice. So Yeah. All right. So our uh, main event for the evening is for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. The champion in his first defense, the Golden Star Kota Ibushi, defends against the submission master, the pro wrestling master, Zack Sabre Jr. So you know I love these matches. I love... Kota Ibushi against Zack Sabre. This is one of my favorite matches that takes place in New Japan. Um, I think that these two guys are two of each other's best opponents. And this isn't necess- wasn't at first a card that I was too high on, to be honest with you. But when you look at it, I mean, it's a pretty good card. Like We got that awesome Young Lion tag. We got a really solid 10-man uh, tag in the second match of the night. Setting up some title, you know, matches. We got Mikey Nichols versus Chase Owens might not be good, but at least we're getting a singles match special. Singles match, we don't get those every day. The 10-man tag before this should be good. Um, I don't know how I feel about Juice and Bad Luck Fale, but, you know, being optimistic, maybe they'll they'll pull something out. Yeah. 
But then to top it off with Kotobushi versus Zack Sabre, it's actually kind of a sleeper show. Um, I don't think they've ever really had a bad match, and they've never really main evented like this at, for a title. Both guys are, you know, in the middle of a pretty awesome career stride. They, they both seem to be in their pri- uh, their primes right now. I think that this match is going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, I think this, time, this match is going to get a lot of time. Um, yeah, I think this has potential to be one of the best Sabre Ibushi matches that they've had. Match of the month? Match of the month? Yeah, it could be Possibly. Match, match of the month um, contender. Um, one of these guys, it could build their case for wrestler of the month. Wrestler of the year. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of implications here. Both of these guys are having great years as it is already. So, I mean, uh, this is going to go a long way to kind of building their case for that. But, I mean, the more important thing is just, like, um, both of these guys are, like, in that upper level. They're not quite – I wouldn't call them top four guys in the company right now, but they're, like, just they're like out. pushing against that glass yeah, ceiling. Yeah, they're pushing against that ceiling. So, I mean, this is going to go a long way in kind of solidifying their status in the company as it is. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that match, and those guys just – they they always have freaking brutal wars and it's gonna be good. Yeah. So uh, I'm going with Kota Ibushi here. I'm going Kota Ibushi as well. Yeah. I feel like you know with him under contract, they're gonna strap the rocket on this man yep. and just push him to the moon. He's got to get his win back. Yeah. He's got to get the win back from Saber from the New Japan Cup, and then I expect Kota Ibushi to have a very strong summer. Um, I'm expecting to have you know some more successful defenses later on in the summer. Um, I expect them to have a very strong G1 climax. So, yeah, all aboard the Golden Star Train. Awesome. Yeah, this show looks good, man. I'm excited. All right, so we have um, a few more questions to answer, and then we can jump into news. Um, so a question from Reddit user um, Jai Brian. He says, based on the Dontaku cards, what do you see as the main event of Dominion? Ooh, that was something we touched on earlier in the show, and I, I hadn't thought about it. So, I mean, I haven't looked extensively at these Dantaku cards. So, I mean, obviously we're getting a title defense from Sonata, you know, Sonata against uh, Okada. That's one reason I definitely don't think Sonata will be winning the G1. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, you never know if you think about it. Last year, who was it that was challenging for the IWGP title at Dantaku? Last year? Was it, uh, I forget, was it Sonata or Evil? It was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, that's right, that's right, the the match for the record, yeah, yeah. In May, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then, fast forward to G1, the ace wins the G1, he goes to uh, Wrestle Kingdom, so I mean, there is precedent there, but I, w- I would be surprised if they went with Sonata. Um, yeah, well... I think the key is like looking at some of the, the, the big singles matches coming up. So wrestling uh Hinokuni, you got, you know, Nichols against Fale, Juice versus Chase, uh then you got Goto versus Jay White. I don't know if any of those guys would be realistic contenders for being in the main event of Dominion. Um I think Jay White. Jay White is the only thing with that is they just did it, so they'd have to like rebuild it again. I don't know if there's right. enough demand for that. Plus, like, unless you want to put the belt back on Jay White, like, you know, should his character be taking another loss so soon to Okada? Right. Um, and then, but then uh, you got to figure like, who does Okada go up against 
after Sonata? Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, and then on, you know, night one of Dontaku, um, you got Cobb defending the Neverbelt against Taichi. You got Dragon Lee defending against Taiji. I mean, potentially, maybe Cobb could do something. No. Uh, Headline Dominion, the second biggest show of the year. I'm actually worried about Dominion this year, to be honest with you. Not to say that it won't deliver, but we've been spoiled. The Dominion yeah. card the last two years in a row has been outstandingly, like, G, like Wrestle Kingdom level I mean, good. show of the year. I mean, Dominion it was show of the year last, last year. year. Yeah, it beat out Wrestle Kingdom. And, the, and I thought that the, uh, that the Dominion from the year before was as good, maybe even better than Wrestle Kingdom from that year. So it's got a lot to live up to. So that's that's the thing. Like whoever goes goes up against Okada, if he's still the champion, that is, it's got to be a big match. Yeah, I mean, um, another key singles match happening on night two of Dontaku's Ishii versus Evil. Could Ishii versus Okada main event Dominion? Maybe, but I don't see it. I mean, could they do Evil on Okada? No, no, I don't think any of these guys are realistic. At all, like the only guys that are realistic to go go against Okada at Dominion would be like top top level big star guys. Like, like they're not going to do evil. They're not going to do the majority of the guys we just listed. Um, I mean, Ishii is maybe possible, but I don't know if the company is behind him like that. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it's going to be like either Naito, a Chris Jericho, a Kenny Omega. Um, yeah, Suzuki. I, I could see them bringing Jericho in. Jericho's mentioned in the past he wants to work Okada. That's that would be my prediction. There, there are there have been rumors that he's been working closely with Gato on what his next match would be. That would be my prediction if you really want because nothing really looks. I mean, you do Naito again. It's I feel like it's too soon. You do um, most of the guys that, that they could do, like, I don't think they should do Kotobushi yet against him. I don't think they right. should do... Right, I mean, he'll still be IC champ. I'm sure there might be IC title match that night. I don't think they should do Naito. I don't think they should do Tanahashi again. Like, in an ideal world, based on everything that's happening right now, if you want my, my like, prediction, the guy that they should do is Jericho. Yeah. And that would draw. And that would be big business. And it's a fresh title defense. And it's a fresh title defense. That's... But it's so, like, we don't know what the relationship is. We don't know what's going to happen. But, like, that's what I would do. Yeah. it's a good question there, Jai Brian. Uh, next question. Another question from our boy Rambo and Slam Pig. He says, do you think Dragon Lee will have a few challengers before Hiromu's return? Will he drop the belt to Hiromu soon after Hiromu is back? I mean, I assume the only reason they put the belt on him realistically is to set up a title defense against Hiromu. Um He's going to be in the best of the Super Juniors. The champion is supposed to defend the belt against whoever wins the best of the Super Juniors. So going off of tradition, if they follow tradition, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to think, well, I mean, is there any chance Taiji beats him, gets the belt back? Yeah, that's possible. So, I mean, that would then that would make the whole thing weird about... It would be a weird booking decision. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Let's 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 say he beats Taiji Ishimori. Well, then we're getting a title defense there. We're getting a title defense against whoever wins best of the Super Juniors. That's at least two title defenses prior to Hiromu coming back. 
Yeah. Unless, was it last week where you said, what if he wins the whole tournament and then defends against Hiromu at Dominion? Yeah. So that's that's a possibility. I mean, either way, I don't think I don't see Dragon Lee having a very long title reign personally, just because he's such a staple in CMLL and he only comes here so infrequently. Right. That's why I don't see him having a, a prolonged title reign, regardless. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think the, the main reason for putting the belt on him was to set up a Hiromu match. But either way, he will have a few challengers. Right. Ishimori's challenging him. Potential winner of best Super Juniors. And then, yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about at least two tile defenses before he faces Hiromu, which that's actually a pretty respectable uh, reign for that belt. Yeah. Uh, question from Why Did You Do That Bro? He says, who will Shingo first lose to in a singles match? <laughs> Sho, Taiji, or Osprey? It's a good question. I have no freaking idea. What do you think? Um, so let's, let's go with these three guys. Out of these three guys... Um, they they built it up so much. I don't want them to just throw it away. Yeah. But it feels like, it feels like it's best the super juniors guys lose. He's probably gonna get beat by somebody in that tournament. You know, out of these three, out of Sho, Taiji, and Osprey, I think I would pick Osprey, Osprey to beat him. Yeah. Just because you know there's potential of Osprey going fully heavyweight after best of super juniors. Yeah. So you have him beat Shingo. Um, and that kind of gives Osprey some credibility to uh, going forward. Yep. Uh, let's see where my next question from uh, Senior Sombrero Three K. Um, he says, "When New Japan brings over foreign talent for a tour, example best of the Super Juniors, what costs are covered by the company? I mean, things like their accommodation, travel, etc., or all the talent, foreign and home, put in hotels for the duration of the tour." I'm basing this on the WWE model where in the States they have to cover all their costs, but when internationally they are looked after. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure of how they the whole traveling and booking stuff works in New Japan. Yeah, I don't, I don't have uh, intimate knowledge about what kind of costs are or aren't taken care of by the company. Um, sometimes, though, it does seem like based off of you know, like for instance, a lot of times when the guys are on tour, I do know that they all end up being like in the same hotel. You know what I mean? Right, and they all like the factions all travel together. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. There, that could indicate to me that maybe there's a group rate that the the wrestlers get, or maybe I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't say. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll we'll try to reach out to some some sources that would have some uh, better information on that and get a better answer. For we will you. reach out to our. We have sources. We will reach out to them. We will yeah. do some research for you people, and you know what I mean when I say <laughs> you people. You people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean your marks. That's what I mean. Uh, next question from Red user Chuck Kidman. He says. Do you believe uh, New Japan will run MSG by themselves one day after ROH's performance at the show? Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, but I I don't know, man. It's this is a pretty conservative company. I mean, l let's be clear here: they would have never run Ring of Honor, or they would have never run as Square Garden without Ring of Honor. Right? Yeah, Ring of Honor was you know thanks to those Sinclair lawyers, you know, got that show in the building. That's true, but not even just that. Like, they would have never even attempted to book the building. 
without Ring of Honor first like inviting them to be part of it right. and giving them some sort of assurance of you know the element of a super card whatever that may be so I really don't know I mean I really don't know I'm sure it's got to cost a lot of money to run Mass Square Garden yeah um, I mean they did do over a million dollar gate though which is phenomenal but yeah I have no clue all right, well, that wraps it up for the What do you think? Questions. Do you think they'll run MSG? I kind of, I got to tell you, I kind of think no. I don't know. So they, so watching those uh, MSG video interview things they did on New Japan World and YouTube, they put a lot of emphasis on, you know, the Japanese wrestlers that have wrestled in Madison Square Garden and what a big deal it is. Um, you know, you know, you, you got AAA that's going to be running Madison Square Garden in September. That's going to bomb though um so maybe i i'm, I'm not a hundred percent ruling it out I, I i think it's very unlikely but i i feel maybe in the future that they they could consider it based on how many american shows they want to do and where they want to look at and how how big american shows they're trying to do yeah potentially that that could be a, a spot all right let's get to this news yeah so um, by the time you're hearing this podcast, um, depending on when this uh, gets released, it'll be April 16th. And so April 16th, 25 years ago, 1994, was the first ever Super J Cup that featured the awesome match between Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Great Hayabusa. Yeah, big recommend. If you've never seen that match, go out of your way to see it. And um, the NJPW Global Twitter account tweeted out the link to that match on New Japan World. Nice. So, yeah, so definitely go ahead and check that match out. Super J Cup, um, the main event. Is that, um, I, you know, I always get the, the J Crown and the Super J Cup uh, confused in my mm-hmm. mind. Let me take a look here. Because I, I think the, the main event or the, the finals of the Super J Cup did Liger win that, or was it um, Sasuke versus Benoit? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I'm looking it up right now. I have a feeling it's that, that match that I just mentioned. Uh, Wild Pegasus. Yeah, Wild yeah, Pegasus. Benoit. Yeah. Yeah, defeated the great Sasuke. Yeah, you know what? For years, that was like my greatest New Japan match of all time. <laughs> For like for years, I, like anytime someone asked me like, "What's your favorite like New Japan match?" It's like that that wow, match. Pegasus, great Sasuke. Yeah, it's incredible. So uh, up next in the news, uh, New Japan they advertised uh, the first four names for the G1 Climax Night One in Dallas, and those four names are your current IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada, the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Kota Ibushi, the leader of LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, and the leader of the Bullet Club, Switchblade J. White. Do you want do you want to know what one of my like early predictions is for this whole thing? Hmm. We'll see what it looks like when the tour comes to a close, but my prediction right now is that in the A block, the finals are gonna be based on just this picture alone. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get Okada versus Ibushi as the A block finals. We're gonna get Naito against J. White as the B block finals. That's could be very possible. Those are two matches that they've protected. Yep. And so, yeah, those could potentially be, yeah, the two big main events at the end of those It's blocks. just like, the way, a lot of times, the way Gato does the booking of these G1s, like, they give away the winners right away. Mm-hmm. 
but we don't see it. We don't realize it. Like they put out an ad like this and they put all the, the finalists right there, right <laughs> in front of us. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, why didn't I see it? Nah, no longer. You're not pulling the wool over my eyes. They already gave us the finals. They're right here. Yeah. Uh, you know what match I want I want to see main event, the Dallas show? What's that? I would love to see Kazushika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi <sighs> as the main event oh. of night one of the A Block. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. Yes, that's what I want to see too. That's the match that they always want to happen to happen in America. This is a, this is the time. This is a place. I'm petitioning it. Petitioning for it right Bro, now. I think I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm getting uh, like emotional thinking about it right Floyd, now. Floyd, bring the bring the Kleenex. Yeah. Oh um, man. Yeah. So that's what I want to see. Bro, so, that's such a good call. Um, so other news about this Dallas show. So um, Dave Meltzer reported in last week's Wrestling Observer that they are uh, discounting tickets for the Dallas show, um, saying because the advance is so disappointing. Uh, and there are a lot of different views on this, saying that this kind of uh, cheapens the product. And uh, dude, the, the the price, the tickets were already overpriced to begin with. To yeah. Be in, to be all like completely honest, like I thought they priced themselves out from the get go. Yeah, you know, and they were also kind of giving away discount stuff during like the New Japan Matsuri and yes. um, some other stuff at the New Japan Festival. I'm telling you guys right now, if you're listening, I mean, if you're a listener, you're probably a diehard anyways, but like, mm-hmm. I know not everybody can go, but dude, if you have the ability to go, the first night of the G1 is not going to disappoint. Like, do yourself a freaking favor, get one of these discounted tickets and be in Dallas. Right. And guys, if you, if you want more big New Japan shows, like we, we got to show up to this thing big and strong and like show Harold May and crew that... It, uh, we're, we're not we weren't just bull club and elite fans like we were actual fans right. of New Japan well here's the thing it's like you know they did s- such big business for like those Long Beach shows and it was like the first time in the newness and everyone was like so excited it was like you had to be there mm-hmm. and then kind of the same thing when they ran like the Cow Palace right but now like they're giving us they're probably going to wind up giving us a real real for the first time real New Japan card and people are not like gonna show up, and it's yeah. like, guys, this is the one you want to be at. Like, forget those shows from before. Right. This is the freaking G one climax. Yeah. Don't miss this. Like, but, um, I think it was a great move for them to announce these four big names. You know, you have a lot. Tickets of, are gonna pop up. Yeah. You have a lot of casual fans that might not understand. You know, they use G one on everything. G one Supercar, G one yes. Special, G one This. That is a mistake. I don't. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I don't think that's a good way to uh, to help differentiate or promote the brand in America. Yeah. Like, if you call everything G1, then people are just be like, well, what? What am I watching? But, like, give it a new name, you know? You're right. So, um, so I think it's great letting people know, hey, Okada, Jay White, Ibushi, Naito are going to be on the card. Um, I think that will help oh, ticket sales. And, you know, I think, you know, pretty soon, you know. Bro, my excitement level is... Bolstered, and I already knew those guys were all going to be there. Yeah, obviously, just, just being just seeing the graphic and seeing it on paper, it helps. Here's the only thing. Here's the little dirty secret: they're not all probably going to be in singles matches, right? Because it, it's it's, it's going to be a block. Um, it's going to be a block night. And yeah, you'll, you'll get um, depending on how many people in the tournament. If it's based off previous years, we'll get five. 
uh, singles matches. But uh, what that means is those five singles matches are going to get real time. So it's going to be a good show. Right. Yeah. I can't wait. And you know, some of those undercard tag matches will be They're fired good, because yeah. it's guys that are in the tournament, the B-block guys, yeah. will be in tag matches, and it'll probably be good stuff, too. Completely agree. And so speaking of, you know, um, foreign Japan shows, uh, New Japan has dates set for Australia. So it was announced that uh, the NJPW Southern Showdown is coming to Melbourne, Australia on Saturday, June 29th. The event is taking place at Melbourne's Festival Hall. Uh, New Japan has a registration page open for a mailing list pre-sale with pre-sale tickets being made available on April 24th at noon. And then tickets will go on sale to the general public at noon on April 26th. And then the New Japan Twitter account um, announced that there will be a second event in Sydney, Australia, with more uh, details coming soon on that. Shout out to my dog, Chris Bryan. Yeah, Chris Bryan, you know, co-host of Grown Men Watch uh, This Shit. Will, Gotta make it out to that Sydney show, he, dog. He said, he's, yeah, one of our listeners, um, you know, tweeted at him and asked if he was going to be there. And he, yeah, he's, of course, planning on being there. Awesome. Um, like I mentioned earlier about the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles, um, there will be on the line at the War of the Worlds Tour, um, Buffalo, New York, Wednesday, May 8th. It'll be uh, Lethal and Gresham against the Girls of Destiny. Also, uh, for the World of the Wars Tour in uh, Grand Rapids, Saturday, uh, May 11th, and Vila Park, Illinois, on Sunday, May 12th. And for that tour, Ring of Honor has announced that Girls of Destiny, Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, and Hiroki Goto will be at the War of the Worlds. Did you see what they announced for a title shot? Uh, no, the only thing I... Oh, the World Title Shot? Yeah. Yes, PCO. Will be challenging Matt Taven, PCO. He pinned Taven um, yesterday at the Masters of the Craft. They were defending their six-man belts against the Kingdom. He's getting a title shot in Toronto. Yeah. Belt this man up. Yes. PCO. Put the belt on a world champion. Put the belt on PCO. Save his promotion. Yes. Out, bro. If they put the belt on PCO, I'll start watching literally like every week. I'll I'll be a, I'll be a freaking stand for Ring of Honor. Yeah, dude. So hope yeah, hopefully they end up doing that. Uh, any thoughts on the the new Japan talent currently announced for War of the Worlds? Do you think it looks kind of kind of light? I could care less about the War of the Worlds tour. I don't care about any tour that New Japan does with Ring of Honor at all anymore. Bang bang! They suck. If you're putting out trash, we're gonna rip, rip you to bits. bits. I could care less. Like I've oh, no, I've man. got no interest in this. So uh, something that we should have interest in is I the- will say this though. I'll, one thing I'll take back a little bit. In the past. They've been able to get away with having a bunch of quote-unquote New Japan talent in Ring of Honor. Namely the Bucks, namely Cody, namely Marty, namely Hangman, namely Kenny. Now they're actually going to have to bring over some real New Japan talent. So that's the one positive. So on an optimistic note. But those these shows have sucked for years. Yeah. The last couple of years have been they've been pretty weak compared to like the Rev Pro shows. Bro, War of the Worlds used to be like a dream match, like factory. Getting like Nakamura and Kevin Owens. Yeah, like it's not Okada like Okada and AJ Styles and Elgin three way. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. So but, uh, until until they start announcing something that like I can like until they tell me I'm getting Ishii and PCO, I really don't care. Yeah. Uh, but something that we can't care about is the free match of the week. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. from the G1 Climax 28. 
That was this last G1? Yep. Yeah, that's the best match they've ever had together. Uh, that's, that's a barn burner. It's a great, great match. One of my favorite matches of the G1 this past year. Check it out. Don't miss that match. Even if even if you don't like Zack Sabre Jr., be sure to watch that match. Um, last thing I got here, um, the IWGP US champ, Juice Robinson. He was on Takas Jericho last week. I can check that out. Detailing, um, you know, his his run in uh, FCW NXT and leaving there and going to New Japan, being a part of the dojo and kind of his kind of a career in New Japan. When he sings the "Talk Is Jericho" song, does he say "Talk Is Me"? Yes, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I've always wondered, like, if he's saying "Talk Is Me." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. That's awesome. So yeah, so that's that's good. gonna do it. Okay, so I'm closing the show now. Screw you, Jeremy. All right, go for it. Now it's playing. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the one time I opened the show, like Rich was like, "This is this is jarring. What is happening?" Oh man. But um, so yeah, so that wraps it up. You know, kind of a, a shorter episode this week. Well, we had that super show last week's freaking marathon. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So we have uh, Sengoku Lord coming up this weekend. So next week. We'll be back to review Sengoku Lord and, of course, keep you up to date on all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Make sure to connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Also, you can join our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at socialsuplex.com. You can also check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated dedicated to independent wrestling. Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant. On Thursdays, we have NXT, then, now, and forever, hosted by James Boyd. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. And you were on uh, this past weekend's episode of All Things Elite. Yes, I was, but I'm looking on the bigger and better things. Moving forward, never looking back, no days off, determination, never quit, hustle. Never give up, never say die. (laughs) No, but uh, actually, no, yeah, I really enjoyed my time on the show. Uh, We had a really... Good conversation. Yeah, you did. I thought it was a really solid episode. Uh, yeah, a great episode of All Things Elite. And you know, we are in the talks of potentially having a, a, a new permanent co-host on All Things Elite with Floyd. I think somebody that the uh, the internet community will be very happy with. So we'll see. We'll see. Nothing. Nothing signed. You know, the deal's not finalized. You know, the, the contract has been you know put out there. The offer has been put out there. So. We'll see if this person, you know, signs without that line and joins the uh, Social Suplex team. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Bang. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.